0: say that i have shed innocent blood what's blood for if not for shedding? i I just can't take no pleasure in killing
1: just some things you gotta do don't mean you have to like it there's nothing to worry about you're gonna be just fine i'm your number one fan let her get away mommy
2: Welcome to another edition of Horrifying My Friends. I'm horror host Trav. Joining me, as always, is the theme queen herself, producer Kate.
0: Hi, I'm back.
2: And joining us today are two very special ladies in the life of horror host Trav. Two ladies who put up with me on a daily basis. <laughs> not uh, not Sarah Rose. No, no. <laughs> joining us tonight are two of my very favorite people, Michelle and Ari.
3: Hello,
1: this is Michelle. Wow, I feel so honored. You said we're your favorite people. She's like, she
2: likes me. Yeah. <laughs> he likes me.
1: <laughs> he really likes me.
2: <laughs> so welcome to the show, ladies. Uh, Michelle is like, kind of like the guest 1A to Ari's 1B tonight. Because we're going to do the, uh, <laughs> <Yeah. pet. laughs> Michelle was a big chicky when uh, it came to coming on by herself. So I was I'm like, i oh, just, just have Ari come on. Ari was just great with the Jaws episode. But welcome to the show. I want to intro how we know each other, so we not at the uh the company I won't name the company, but we happen to work together uh and that's where I met these ladies uh what was your first impression of me and be honest, was it like he's a big tool?
0: I
3: mean pretty much <laughs> uh, no i've heard I heard a lot of stories before meeting you, oh, so right. um I knew what to expect, so mm-hmm. you pretty much lived up to your
2: story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a, a big dude with a mohawk listening to FTP and shit. Yeah, of... you're
3: you're pretty much just the muscle back there. Tell me what to do. Oh. Right. Jesus, please. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what to know, do, I... please. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, Michelle is mother, uh, mother FFL. Michelle's the boss back there where we work on the, uh, on the loading dock of uh, Gonzo, Sebi. You've already met all these characters. Well, you haven't met Gonzo for... Uh, safety person. Please don't do that. <laughs> that. Please don't do that to her. <laughs> Yeah, Gonzo does not need to uh, know any more women. <laughs> it, it would take you
1: three hours to get an episode out of Gonzo because be it takes him like five. ten minutes to put one sentence
2: together. <laughs> oh, my God. God. He's going to be so pissed listening to this. <laughs> <It> <laughs> so, sounds
0: like we'd get canceled if Gonzo canceled. <laughs> Yes.
2: Is Gonzo cancelable, though, or is he in that section of like humanity that isn't cancelable? because he's it's,
3: like it's like a, he's harmless like he's right. dumb but yeah but, it, it, it's like
2: you know he couldn't be a serial killer <laughs> but he has all the traits and everything else and the want and the want honestly
0: oh my <laughs> god
1: i hope you guys joke with him like this in real life oh, oh yeah oh yeah, <laughs> so travis is the number one instigator in the workplace yeah, Like for sure a hundred percent. I would that. agree with that.
2: I would agree with that. I gotta instigate with her as, as well. All like the about, time. Yeah. Constant about trolling. Every topic out <laughs> about there. Everything. All right. So to pull this, to rein this horror show back in, Michelle, I want to focus on you for a little bit. Okay. So what are your, uh, when I first met you, I was kind of like, like, you know, feeling it out kind of thing. I have this way of like... Um, trying to see what people like by like their age and all this other stuff. So my first connection with you was like music because I brought up Bush and all these other bands. Um, But the next connection was like horror movies and stuff. (laughs) So what were your earliest memories of the genre, like TV shows, movies?
3: Uh, It probably started with Tales from the Crypt. Okay. That's probably what got me into it. Uh, We'd do it every weekend. My brothers would come over. We'd have a sleepover. Uh, turn all the lights off get the sleeping bags out and we'd turn on Tales from the Crypt.
2: ooh a, a, a 90s classic TV show Kate mm-hmm. you never watched that did you
0: I've seen a couple episodes but it wasn't like a, a fixture I was too young at that mm-hmm. time too I think
2: yeah a staple of the like late 80s early 90s I believe okay so growing up in the video store era we we <laughs> caught like the, the we call like the tail end of it or whatever but what was it like to And I guess we did catch this, I I guess we did catch this era, but like, there was just something about going to the video store and picking out a couple movies to watch on that weekend. And uh, kids today don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Uh, Kids today just don't understand because it's like streaming, you just scroll for two hours and you don't pick out anything. Right. But um, yeah. So uh, what posters were hanging on a young Michelle's walls growing up? God.
1: Um
3: and be honest. You know, there really weren't that many posters. Um of course I played sports, so there were trophies. Mm-hmm. Um Jewel and, um, jewel. Jewel. <laughs> jewel Jewel is probably the only poster that was hanging out on my wall.
0: And maybe a unicorn.
2: A unicorn and yeah, jewel. Yeah. Jewel solid. Super exciting.
3: I love
0: Jewel. jewel? Travis, who, who does so, it? Every time he listens to it on Spotify he sends me a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay so you've seen quite a few horror flicks like i said that's one of the things that we connected over i think it was like rob zombies devil's rejects or Love something yes. that we were talking about mm. but was there someone in your family <laughs> 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 so he's like this is traumatic." Yeah.
0: you can go back and listen to yeah. what i think about that one we've done the episode on that one
2: yeah yeah that was the Sebi one uh he he uh he may or may not have smoked a joint on my back porch, and then like came up here and was just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude,
1: it's just like, ugh, He's it's just like, like a good time. Yeah,
2: Sebby was good. Was Actually,
1: good. he did a great job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: for for being you know high, possibly yeah.
2: <laughs> high. Remember how closed his eyes were, and he won't get mad at this. His eyes were like like he could blind him with like floss probably. <laughs> specific
1: (laughs) way to describe that
2: (laughs) all right (laughs) okay so my question was was there someone in your family that kind of brought you into the genre like how did you become someone who was kind of interested in that was it your father or your mom or
3: not really no i mean dad's obviously the one that introduced us to like tales from the crypt and stuff Mm -hmm. but i've just always liked being like scared Mm -hmm. in the scary movies
2: no, I can definitely relate to that. There's something about like feeling alive in the fear. I don't know. It's <laughs> feeling alive. It's kind <laughs> of the
0: same thing ad- the adrenaline seeking of like Yeah. Do you like roller coasters? Too? Oh yeah. Yeah. Love it. yeah.
2: So, we can cut this if you want. But I had to bring this up. <laughs> I had to bring this up. So, you were the one of the first people that I've ever met and you know how big into this I am. Ari probably didn't think I was going to bring it up. You were one of I don't of the f- know what it is yet, so. <laughs> You're one of the first people I've ever met who thinks they were abducted by aliens. Oh yeah,
3: <laughs> I know everybody thinks I'm crazy, and I may be, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but it's a very—it's a memory that I have that I just I can't shake.
2: And so, what were some of the like details and stuff?
3: So I know I was in bed, and I felt like I was out of my body,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and. Then I just, like, woke back up in my bed. Mm -hmm. It's nothing really exciting. Like, I don't remember anything.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 It says alien talk. Ask if she's comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that was our little, like, interview kind of portion of Michelle. And uh, now it's time to get into the movie of the night. So... The movie of the night was actually Miss Ari's idea. Uh, Ari, do you want to talk about your background with this movie?
1: Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't do horror. I don't do scary <laughs> things. Um, like, at all. And we talked about that when I was here last. Um, like, my whole sheltered childhood and whatnot. And <laughs> being kept away from anything. Um, but this, I actually watched. Uh, I believe it was my sophomore year of high school. In my Spanish class. Mm-hmm. And uh I think it was I think it was after the bus accident scene that Michelle was like you oh watched this in school? <laughs> what? Was,
2: so what grade do you say you were in?
1: I think I was a sophomore.
2: Okay. It's
0: a rad teacher.
1: It right? Signora right? <laughs> Larkowski was lit. Oh, she didn't know fuck. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, she
1: uh it was yeah. It's we watched, like, Finding
2: Nemo over and over again in Spanish class.
0: I didn't or, so I didn't get to watch films. We, well, there was, like, a little TV show called, like, La Katrina. I don't know if you guys watched that one. <laughs> Everyone, I think, watched that one. And then we, we made pinatas. Like, half of the year we made pinatas. <laughs> you guys were
2: 18. Because
0: <laughs> 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 yeah. they, they, they entered them into this, like, c- competition at the end of the year. And she just uses this manual labor to make her pinata <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm not
3: lying. I'm not lying. <laughs> I literally didn't make it through Spanish. Did, no, surprise, I didn't, surprise.
2: I didn't either.
1: <laughs> I took Spanish as an easy A and a lot of the times I would either like sleep or I would do homework for other classes like but I, anyways. Had te- <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a teacher ma-
2: named Miss Labras who hated me because she thought that I spoke Spanish and I was in the class And I'm like I, I legit don't know this <laughs> <time>. I mean <laughs>
0: I had her for a semester sorry not to get off on a Spanish class tangent yeah. here I but mean, you know. um, I could see that because she like definitely favored the the native Spanish speakers in the class because right. mm-hmm. she's from Chile right right and, and I'm like leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> try, try. I was like, I don't speak a lick of Spanish, but no, she did it. She did this. I'll never forget it because it made me so self conscious. Ever since she did it, um, she had a little lesson where she was. T- we were learning shapes and stuff, mm-hmm. and she was going around telling everyone what face shape they they have. <laughs> oh like, no. she,
1: oh okay. my god! And
0: she's like, you, you have a heart face, and you, you have an oval face, and you. And she pointed at me. You have a circle face. So I'm like, <laughs> bitch. Yeah. <laughs> just slammed on my desk. Um, yeah i have big cheeks like anyone who's seen our website can see that but yeah she's like you have a circle face and everyone just started laughing i was like
1: you you okay,
2: she was kind of a bitch right like <laughs> she kind of... not, not to you know no offense <laughs> not to, to slander.
1: slander her but yeah, she yeah. quite honestly in, in my experience and i went to high school in the middle of buttfuck nowhere so like it was surrounded by cornfields and stuff but all almost all of our Spanish teachers were not of Hispanic descent at all. Really? (laughs) Not at all. And to be honest, all of them were, like, so happy with themselves and so happy with their (laughs) lives. So I feel like the ones that are native speakers are just pissed that they (laughs) have to teach all these non-native speakers their language. (laughs) Like, I feel like those that are are a little – they got a little chip on their shoulder. They're a little bitter.
2: Probably. But um, I
1: had my, um, my junior year, it was senior limb. He was Korean. How does that make sense? I wish I was kidding. Uh, no, no. So we, she put it on, and we were watching it, and I wasn't really paying much attention, anyways. Um, and like once I caught on to the fact that it was a scary movie, I was like, "Oh fuck no! I'm not! I'm not into this. I don't want this at <laughs> nope. all." I wasn't that into it. I wasn't really watching it, but I remembered like big parts of the plot like the the major important parts Mm -hmm. so I don't know why we were at work one day and I it just like popped up to me and I was like hey Trev have you seen this movie and he was like yes that's a good one
2: and I hadn't I'm I'm glad that you brought it up because I hadn't seen it in like years man like this came out in 07 but I it's probably been since like 09 since I've seen it and uh yeah we were originally going to have Michelle on for Krampus And I was ill or somebody was ill or something. Mm -hmm. So that didn't work out. So I was like, you know what? We're going to miss Christmas. And Ari brought up the orphanage. And that's what we're discussing tonight. Uh, The orphanage from 2007. Uh, This is the section where Travis is going to groan on for quite a bit. Um, (laughs) So directed by J.A. Boyona. Uh, He also directed Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom, which is the best entry in that franchise. Uh, Okay.
0: Okay. are wrong about that. Don't Mo- even
2: start. Moving on, written by Sergio G. Sanchez. Her, she's she's a uh, Jurassic Park mark t- mark as well. That movie sucks. Okay, so, Travis, <laughs> you did this to
1: me on Jaws too, and I'm not <laughs> doing it again.
2: <laughs> synopsis: A woman brings her family back to a childhood childhood home, which used to be an orphanage for handicapped children. Before long, her son starts to communicate with an invisible new friend. Filmed in Spain with a budget of $4 million, uh, it took home $78.6 in box office. Uh, starring, I'm going to butcher all of these names, uh, Belen Rueda as no. Laura.
1: Belen Rueda.
2: Yeah, listen to that. So, so to that. Travis will say it and then Ari will say it. Yeah, this will be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fernando Cavo as Carlos.
1: Okay, that's, that's close enough.
2: <laughs> Roger Pincep as Simon.
1: Okay. Simone. Simone. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> there's an accent <laughs> <draft>. <laughs> Uh
2: Maybelle Rivera. As Maybelle. Yeah.
3: Maybelle. Uh, oh, mon- mom's from Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> she
2: is. Um, Montserrat Carulia. I'm sorry? Montserrat. Montserrat's a popular name in like Spain, Mexico. Montserrat. Spain and-
1: yeah. It sounds French. Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, Spain is.
2: Yeah, Uh, and Geraldine Chaplin as Aurora. So, some fast facts. Produced by Guillermo del Toro. Uh, Any of you ladies know who Guillermo del Toro is? Okay, okay. doesn't? All right. Ari just looked at me with, like, eyes glazed over, like, uh. I
1: I think I nodded my head, actually. So, (laughs) let the record show. (laughs) See,
2: this is what happens. Um, This is the work environment that these two ladies have created for me. I'm under attack as a man all the time. (laughs) Oh, poor, uh, (laughs) poor. poor, Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Me and and Gonzo. Yeah, me and Gonzo. Uh, Produced by Guillermo del Toro, Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth, Devil's Backbone, um, Nightmare Alley, and the Oscar winning, of course, The Shape of Water, just to name a few. Uh, The list goes on and on. Del Toro is a visionary uh, who has helped shape modern horror and film. Um, so does, so does, how does Guillermo del Toro like come into this story? How does he become executive producer and become involved in this picture in the first place? Uh, the film script was written by Sergio G. Sanchez in 1996, and he brought it to the attention of the director. Uh, the director asked friend and fellow director Guillermo del Toro to help produce the film, doubling its budget and filming time. A Bay- Bayona, who is the director, wanted the film to capture the feel of the 1970s Spanish cinema and to hearken back to films like Rosemary's Baby, The Omen, and the classic 1961 film The Innocents, which also happens to be the name of my band in 11th grade. <laughs> <laughs> director J.A. Bayona was such a fan of The Innocents that he had cinematographer Oscar Fiorier. Fioria... Fioria? Uh, watched oh, well. <laughs> the 1961 film before production to help get some of the feeling that he was going for. Um, some literary influence, influences for all the literary heads out there listening. Uh, Turn of the Screw by Henry James and old fairy tales like Peter Pan, dot, 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 which mm-hmm. we will get to later. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film opened in, at Cannes Film Festival on May 20th, 2007, where it received a standing ovation for 10 minutes. I thought that was a little over the top. But I don't know. Oh.
0: <laughs> I don't.
3: I mean, no, pretty,
2: st-
0: pretty freaking good. I mean, I, mean, I wouldn't
2: <laughs> stand ten minutes for like The Godfather, though. I'd be like, okay, like it's time to sit. You know, because
1: you can't stand you can't still stand. for ten seconds. I thought you to say, you can't stand <laughs> for ten minutes. <laughs> well, <no. laughs>
2: um, for all the Catholics out there, uh, Laura's necklace, a Saint Anthony medallion, makes a clever referen- reference to her plight. In Catholic religion, of course, Saint Anthony is the doctor and patron saint of lost items. Um, so the orphanage was an old colonial house in the town of Yans, Yilanes, I think. It's, I don't know Yanes uh, in Spain, of course. Uh, plans <laughs> were. Uh, Bayona wanted it to be like as authentic as possible, but plans were impossible to achieve an on location. So several parts of the house had to be rebuilt and like in fact like 70 and 80% of the film was shot in a studio like to capture that kind of feel. Um, this was the top grossing film in Spain in 2007 outperforming Shrek the 3rd and Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> at world's end. Oh, wow. I thought that was like mind blowing
1: That's though. that's crazy cuz that yeah. that movie the third pirates of the Caribbean did that, there was a lot of hype around that and that
2: them. Right.
0: I mean, those are big blockbusters. Yeah. Right, and like that would never global. happen in America.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like ever happen. Uh, the Spanish, uh, the Latino, Latinx people love their horror. Mm-mm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-mm. I don't know. Okay, so it's with... pretty
0: light horror. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. It's a ghost story, effect. but mm-hmm. it's not too intense. Like we'll get into horror it. Goes...
2: Kate thought this was like the feel good story of the year, so we're gonna <laughs> apparently, so we're gonna get into it uh michelle i want to get your quick initial thoughts on the orphanage
3: um it was a good movie okay N- again not scary like there were some parts where i was like oh
1: but overall like it was a good movie
2: mm-hmm. all right yeah your second time watching it
1: obviously the this the main plot items the main scenes that stuck out from when i was in high school still like that's what i remembered um but I mean, from somebody who doesn't like horror and doesn't like to be scared, um, I, I still think it's a really good movie. Like, the storyline behind it and the mm. plot and every all the working pieces and um, the fact that it's not like it's not very gory and slasher and like m- murderous, but it's got a little bit of creepy to it, but just enough to kind of move that storyline along. Um, so, I mean, I, I thought it was a really good movie.
2: Interesting. You hit on a lot of points there that we're going to get to later. But uh yeah, good good time. That's, That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> good tape. That's why she keeps me. Uh, producer Kate, you uh, you said you you laughed for twelve minutes after this I really l- ended. Literally haven't said that. I haven't <laughs> told you
0: I specifically didn't want to tell Travis because he likes to sometimes get me talking about the film before we get on the mic, and I was like, Nope, I'm gonna save it. Dude. so Did. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed the originality of the plot. Um the big twist at the end, which I'm not going to spoil right now, but we'll get to it. It got me. It was like, got me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I saw some things coming, but not quite. You'll know, you'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um And like overall, it has, it's really, really solid. It's like well acted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got this um, color palette and this sort of tone to the lighting that's very bleak. Yeah,
1: the, the tonal, like I, I noticed that too in all the scenes, there's a very like, I don't want to say whitewashed because it's not not in the <laughs> cancelable term, but it is a very like bright, but somehow like um, dull. Yeah, dull. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah,
0: it's strange, and the okay. color palette's very brown, deep blues. Mm-hmm. You know and. Earthy, yeah. but there's really not a lot of brightness. Um,
2: That's hilarious that you guys like even see that. Because I'm I just didn't like, little boy bag <laughs> over there.
0: <laughs>
3: Scary. Little boy. Where is <laughs> So
0: when I say it's pretty light, there's only a couple scenes where you see anything gory esque. It's not even that gory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they were pretty clever with how they did some things with certain scenes, like. Where they almost put like a comical music, like score under. I was gonna say the soundtrack dude. definitely where stuck out to me too. Where something very, like terrifying is happening. Like if that was you, it would be terrifying. But then they put this jaunty little kind of score underneath it, that's almost makes it kind of comical. Wait, so it makes you feel on a beach. little. <laughs> is
2: that the is that the scene, dude? I died laughing rewatching <laughs> that today.
0: No, I'm talking about the scene with Benina when she catches her in the shed, and then she grabs the shovel and runs oh, away. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, yeah. and there's a few like trope, like very kind of classic horror tropes
1: in it, you know, which I can talk about almost, later too. Almost but... like
2: whimsical, right? Yeah.
1: Well, I think that's fitting though, with that it's centered around kids and mm-hmm. like young kids in an orphanage. That that could be what they were trying to play off of.
0: I mean, there's definite tragic themes in this, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it has a, quite a sunny ending. I think it plays to, I'm sure, the audience at the time. A lot of Spain, I'm guessing, is Catholic. I don't I don't know much about. Like, yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of, yeah. So I think there's two ways they could have gone, and they went the way that's probably going to make people feel the best when they leave um, and a little less outraged when they mm. leave um, because they really touch on that afterlife kind of aspect. So uh, anyway, I'll shut up now. And tra- <laughs> this was my first time watching it. That's why I'm all jazzed to talk about it. But um, Trav, what's your take i can't wait seeing it to, again yeah
2: i can't wait to talk about the ending because uh, of what you just said yeah huh. it, it literally we came into the office and i was like that movie is fucked up wasn't it and she goes mm, not really and i was like
0: <laughs> <laughs> listen i'm the only uh, correct me if i'm wrong ladies you have kids kids hell no i'm michelle's kid God. i yeah. am <laughs> dogs don't count <laughs> but um i'm the only mom in the room so i think Right. I'm gonna bring that perspective, and we when we talk about yeah, it, and right. see It'll if I can see if I can convince you of like why I'm right. Okay,
2: so the first <laughs> note that I have in the first discussion topic, and you brought this up at work earlier, was a uh, watching with subtitles. How many people like came across <laughs> that? I know probably everybody in this group, like you already have subtitles on your TV, and you had to turn them off because this movie was subtitled. That, like, was the first thing that I fucking noticed because I was like, I can't read anything going on. (laughs) So, what I want to do right now is get, like, a synopsis kind of breakdown. Just kind of, like, a simple, like, little quick kind of what this movie's about from producer Kate, the theme queen herself. Kind of quick and, like, just a wrap up kind of thing.
0: I'll try to be quick. So, there's the mom. I actually forget what her real name is. Mom and a dad. Yeah, Laura um the dad is a doctor she's kind of a stay-at-home mom as far as i can tell um but it's been her dream i guess to come back to this orphanage where she grew up and kind of bring kids back uh, kids with special needs and disabilities um and kind of serve as a caretaker to them like she had caretakers there she must have had fond memories um and they have a son simone um simon i'm just trav calls him simon so you're gonna hear all iterations Travis. of that but anyway you know what i
2: thought of um it made me think of session nine that's i think that's where i'm getting at from that simon that kind of thing yeah. anyway
0: well anyway he's uh i forget what age he's probably f- six years old-ish something around there um, But he has some kind of terminal illness of some kind. We don't find out what it is he takes pills every day for. I it. I think it's HIV. It's HIV. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? It says, um, it says it on the medical papers. Yeah.
1: That,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. There's some things I didn't catch, but um, I knew he had a, a terminal illness and the mom also has something, which I also don't know what she has. But anyway, he's adopted, but he doesn't know it yet. Um, And so they move into this house and he has these imaginary friends and they're like, they kind of are primed for him to be talking to imaginary people so it's not weird to them when he starts to say I have these new friends um, that they can't see and you know there's a lot of really cool setup you have a good red herring in this woman Benina who comes around pretending to be a social worker asking about her son Simone and she gets real sketched out by her and Benina goes away because she ain't legit. And <laughs> the, the mom just kind of goes about, you know, her day and in the evening. Benina is dicking around in her shed outside. And this is the first trope I had a problem shed with. is, is putting around. it like. <laughs> it's like a big shed. I don't really know what you call it, but um, an outhouse, but yeah. not like in the way you're thinking. But anyway, um, it's the first trope. Um, and I'll try to keep it quick because Trav wanted it to be quick. Uh, but anyway, the mom goes out alone in the middle of the night. She hears banging going on outside. Um, no flashlight, no weapon. Doesn't Absolutely wake her not. husband up. Like it's, Absolutely just, not. it's it's the dumbest thing ever. But anyway, she goes Michelle out. I would go out
2: there strapped.
0: Oh, she goes with out 24/7. <laughs> <them. seven. laughs> she goes out there and um, finds Benina. Benina grabs a shovel and runs out into the woods. Like we don't know what's <laughs> going on there. She disappears pretty much. And the couple basically decide, you know, if she comes back, we'll go to the police, but you know, we'll just call it, whatever, for now, a weird thing. Next, they she takes her son to the beach and lets him wander in a cave, which he should never be
1: allowed to do. on his I was—that's uh, the first Dude. thing I thought. I was like, I, at first, like one of my first notes was, "Oh, she's a really good mom." Like, mom, like she's really good with him. Uh-huh. She, you know. And then she lets him wander off into a cave by himself, and I was like, "All right, never mind. Nope. <laughs> yeah, never <laughs> mind." Caves, especially ones on the
0: beach, pretty dangerous. But anyway, um, he's in that she f- goes in to get him and she hear, she hears him talking to someone and inviting that person to come back and play at his house with him and his friends. He doesn't have any friends. Again, these are either imaginary or ghosts. And you're like you're left to wonder. That's kind of the the they do this throughout. Is it ghosts? Is it um, imaginary? Is it, you know, with the mom? Is it is she having a psychotic break? Or is it real? You know, kind of thing. They play with that a lot. Uh, so anyway, they're back at the house and they have this big kind of, I don't know what you call it, like little festival kind of celebratory thing.
2: Yeah, like a party. Yeah. It's like yeah, a welcoming party. A welcoming party. For the party. New
0: kids. Yeah, so the new kids that will be maybe coming to the orphanage later on, or it's just a thing for the community to like, bring know that the orphanage is now a part of the community again and it's operating and all the kids are wearing creepy ass masks (laughs) yeah and the adults too that
2: was strange to me i was like is this like some kind of fucking eyes wide shut thing or like you know what what is going on
0: i don't know i if you're gonna dress in costumes dress in costumes but like these were just like just creepy masks and And i don't know Maybe it's a cultural thing that's over my head in spain i don't know but the mom is searching around the house for Simone. She wants him to come and join the celebration. And she's like very concerned about what everyone thinks of her because she wants to make sure there's a good reputation attached to it. Because she wants to make sure these kids get approved to come and live with her, you know. And Simone is being like, absolutely not, mom. I want you to come see, what's his name? Tomas. I want you to come see Tomas, which is like a little kid. He's drawn with a bag on his head. Um And he's like, I want you to see Tamaz's little house or whatever. Uh, And she's just like, no, 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 you need to come down. She's being, you know, very dismissive of him, not taking the time with him that she normally probably would if there wasn't an event going on. Uh, She gets upset with him because he yells at her and knocks some shit out of her hands, and she slaps him, which is very out of character for her. Mm -hmm. You can tell she's shocked of herself. She doesn't apologize, notably. (laughs) Um, But uh, anyway, she goes away and says, fine, you don't have to come to the party if you don't want to. So She leaves him in the house. And, you know, time goes by. She's searching for Simone, can't find him. And so... And the party's still going on. So she comes upstairs and is looking in this bathroom because, you know, this whole time weird little ghosty shit's happening, like doors are opening and closing, you know, like they're doing, they're setting the stage for it. And a little kid in a creepy bag mask that she thinks could just be from outside, you know, with the other, another one of the kids, or she thought it could be Simone himself um, and is coming
1: down the hall and makes a little growly sounds. She sounds yeah, crazy. Why does it sound like that?
2: <laughs> yeah, that part was I,
1: I did not remember that part. And I was really caught off guard. I was like, I know it's a kid. I know who yeah. it is. And I was like, why does it why does it sound like that?
0: <laughs> and in one of the, like a very bizarre um chain of events, somehow she ends up locked in the bathroom in the tub. Um and then it sets off this like massive search for Simone um they can't find him she's running like she breaks her leg on the beach trying to run she thinks he's okay, in I the cave understand
3: how she broke her leg
0: i think I, she just fell just, on it funny yeah um, in the
1: water i was but, confused
0: yeah i don't know like, maybe she's frail from whatever okay. illness she I, has i don't know i was
1: like ah there's rocks maybe she tripped on a rock i don't know
0: <laughs> but anyway she thinks he's in the cave but no one else sees him in the cave she's she can see things that the other people can't um, and like six months go by, they're searching for Simone. They have the police involved, and there's no luck. And they're looking for this Benina chick because they're like they think she could be involved. And they're just really struggling. And then they get a break because Benina's wandering around the street. Bruh, this scene will uh. never <laughs> leave
1: my my conscious. <laughs> I
0: yeah, we can talk about it in a minute. I'm oh. gonna gloss over it, but basically Benina <laughs> dies in the street, and it kind of kicks the mom into this state where she's like frantic frantically like grasping at every straw she can to get any kind of lead on her kid because they like they find a bunch of stuff in Benina's house the police do um, like film and photos and they find out okay there's a kid named Tomas um, and he was hidden in the orphanage from you and your other classmates when when the mom was there and young and after you got adopted your friends that were left there played a little trick on Tomas took off his mask and like shoved him in a cave to see if he would come out into the light because they always hit his face and he was too scared to come out and he drowned in the cave and Mm -hmm. Benina was his mom.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) And Benina um, exacted her revenge on these kids by poisoning them. You find out later on poisoning them with like, something berries yeah i
1: don't know
0: that it was like blackberries <laughs> yeah. and like pies and stuff but she had laced it with something that mm-hmm. made them really sick and killed them she locked them up in a room so they couldn't even get out to get help um and then she hid their bodies in like a like weird a little... stove I mean, thing like in that big shed
1: crematorium if yeah you know, and that, oh, yeah. that was <laughs> yeah,
0: dark in, in that big shed she was trying to break into yeah so like that's like you no know, you get some answers around that um, and like where these little ghost children came from, like Tomas is the Baghead kid, and the other kids are, you know,
2: <laughs> Baghead kid that I went by in high school. That's what oh, Rose. Then... That's what Rose wants every other every every other day. Oh, Baghead, bag bag Trav.
1: <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't, I don't know. Anyway,
0: so. Now she's like, all right, there's something ghosty going on, right? So it's like, to her, she starts to, in another trope. She goes to find some expert in the field of this very niche supernatural kind of community.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they bring um, a medium of sorts into the house. And they have a little seancey thing with cameras. And they try to make it official. Even, like, one of the the main police officer on the case... And her husband are there who are super skeptical, but they even see stuff that they can't explain. And you find out, you know, these are, this is what happened. Long story short, (laughs) from there, they, like, she has this, the mom has this evidence. And she's like, I'm not leaving this house till I figure out where my son is. They, she had, had played this game with her son earlier in the, in the movie where she thought he had just set it all up. And Mm -hmm. he had hidden, they basically create a treasure hunt to find something that's been taken something that's lost and so she remembers this and she is like determined to create all like her husband's like i gotta get out of this house for a bit
2: her husband's like this bitch is nuts
0: yeah, he's he not a dick he <laughs> yeah. he wants her to leave the house because he doesn't think it's good for her mental health he thinks she's had a psychotic break and she's like nah i'm like i'm <laughs> not nah, i believe in this I have to do this for me. I have to see it through, and if it doesn't work, fine. Then we can leave. And so she literally sets this house up like it's in the seventies or sixties. I don't know mm-hmm. when she was there, and um, plays this little pre- creepy game to make the ghosts come out. She's already kind of sickly, so she can see the ghosts, and they lead her through.
2: Let's not a- get into the ending.
0: Another yet, version but... of this treasure hunt, and the you know the treasure is Simone. Like he's the lost one. And ultimately, you don't want me to tell like the big twist.
2: Uh, yeah, she, you can. Yeah, so can she
0: does find that. Simone with the help of her mm-hmm. ghosty friends. <laughs> <Your> ghosty friends. <laughs> and then um something, a really tragic realization happens. Trav doesn't want me to talk about it mm-hmm. yet, Uh, and she kills herself,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then wakes up in. Neverland slash heaven Um, and she gets to be and she gets to be in Neverland slash heaven. She gets to be, you know, the the mother caretaker of all of these little orphan children, plus her son, uh, just like she wanted in real life. Um, And that's why I think that's why I say it's a sunny ending. That is a sunny Mm -hmm. ending. They could have done things differently. But Mm. um, yeah, without the twist being revealed, that is the movie.
2: Kate's breakdown. Okay, so I wanna I wanna hit on a few points here. So you uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you guys with the big enchiladas here, the big topics. <laughs> so that that uh one of the scenes that I really uh, wanted to focus on because I felt like there was some rich dialogue being thrown back and forth is like the uh, paranormal, like when you get the medium involved and stuff. So one of the th- cool things that I think this movie does, and Ari mentioned it uh, in her intro or in her excellent intro is this is like smart horror and it's horror with rich themes it's not just the uh come out and like throw some scares at you kind of horror i don't know if there's a jump scare in this movie like there might be one you know and i wouldn't (laughs) even label it a jump scare
1: i was just (laughs) unprepared
2: (laughs) so one question this film kind of throws at us are is what are ghosts and it kind of hits us with some interesting like kind of like uh one of the one of the mediums is talking about like how there's they're they're throwing out some like time travel elements or like something like that like just
0: um almost like there's a there's a veil between dimensions kind
2: mm -hmm. of thing yeah it's like it's not your normal like regular kind of like oh these are dead kids kind of thing but michelle what did you think about first of all do you believe in ghosts? Absolutely. Second, what did you think about like that kind of twist on it? I thought it was very like it was very uh, smart, a very smart take, like well written and stuff. But what do you think about it?
3: Yeah, no, I
0: think it it was a uh, it was a good take on it. Do you think ghosts are just like um, stuck in kind of the living world, or do you think ghosts are on their own plane and you have to be like special to pick up on them?
3: I. I think there's both, um, but I think they there's some that are stuck, and then mm-hmm. there's some that can come and go. Interesting. Have you ever had
0: any experiences with ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna say it sounds like you have. <laughs> I, I've, had, I've had a few. Yeah. Willing to share? Yeah. Let's um, hear. You better
2: be.
3: <laughs> um, the feel good ones um, are. Um, my father passed away like five years ago um and i would at times i when i was staying up with my mom um i could see him like in a doorway and she was standing there and he kind of had his arm around her and I, mean, I was obviously awake but i was like i did like mm-hmm. a, a double take and i was like whoa <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> um,
0: nice i wish i could get one of those <laughs> yeah no
3: and there's times like when like when i really need him, like things that pop up or i'll have a dream about them. Um Even down to like animals, like I've had stuff with dogs um, showing signs and stuff like that. I mean, you can even with piggy as far Mm -hmm. as like bringing this uh, little girl and into the into the picture.
0: Yeah, we should have mentioned that there's a puppy in the studio. I'm sorry if you've been hearing panting. She's sitting
1: in my lap, and it's hotter than Satan's butt crack in this room. And, uh, yeah, so she's sitting on my lap.
2: Yeah, and you guys touched on it, but uh, one of the things that they talked about was, like, is this orphanage kind of residual hauntings? Like, is it just a tape being played over and over again? And it's, like, that's another interesting idea that I... Mm -hmm frankly i don't hear in a lot of films like most time it's just like there's a ghost in there and it's a dead person kind of thing. <laughs> you know what i'm saying though
1: like i think i think too though what it's so specific to lauda that like do, do you think they're doing this to everybody or is it just because she's there because those are her dead previous uh friends like roommates friends like you, you know those were the kids she was with do you think they were just like laying dormant and they weren't there or they were off off on a different plane and then you know once she reinherited this house and decided to do this they were like oh hey (laughs) like you know Yeah, it makes you wonder because
0: like are are these little ghost children like suffering in that room as if they're dying like like when the medium was experiencing it she was experiencing it as if as if the kids were like dying and suffering in that like in that room as she was in yeah Yeah. almost like they were reliving it over and over but if there's no one there to to witness it in the living realm like is it happening i don't know is it purposeful were they trying to show her that so that she could send a message to laura who would understand what that meant and would Mm -hmm. be able to put the puzzle pieces together it's hard to say i think because the kids were so intentional the kid ghosts were so intentional once she started to like let herself believe and kind of her weakened state apparently was another reason why she was like more susceptible to being able to like see Mm -hmm. and hear these like apparitions and stuff almost like they
3: were trying to get their story out
0: yeah so i think they were so intentional and like my like cognizant like it it doesn't seem like they were it was purposeful yeah it doesn't seem like they were just like reliving a trauma over and over again mm-hmm. like you a lot of the times you hear like when places are haunted that that's how it is they these spirits had something horrible happen and they just kind of relive it there it's it's very different i think in this film
2: yeah it's like the uh, a different reality stained or something and it bleeds over into the other one or whatever uh, light the joint and think about that for a minute <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah like this movie deals with grief is like um like michelle brought up her father It's like the death of loved ones. And I felt like this film did that kind of beautifully. Like, um, it's one topic that haunts us, you know, no pun intended, uh, during life, but where do they go and do they visit me? And I felt like that scene was like, that scene's one of my favorite scenes in the movie when they, um, when they're all sitting around talking about how their loved ones had, Mm -hmm. uh, they felt like their loved ones had come back and visited them, but I don't know. Yeah. what do you think about that?
0: I didn't I don't know that this that scene didn't stand out as much to me Mm -hmm. as like a substantive scene. I know they were trying to like put pieces together for you as the viewer with the plot like so you can understand um, some like why it's possible. I guess it was like I guess it was you mean the, griefs, the grief group scene? Yeah,
2: I guess it kind of stood out because it's different from other medium scenes. Like, for instance, in The Changeling, and you guys may not have seen The Changeling, but it's like the medium scene that we got in that is so dramatic. And then she's writing down a uh, house, uh pen. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, the ghost is like communicating and it's angry.
0: Right, so wait, are you talking about the, the medium and like paranormal investigation scene or like the grief group scene where the parents who have all lost...
2: I feel like Kids not a lot of movies that. like deal with that kind of stuff. Like, and I felt like this one was ballsy enough to go there. Like, to deal with like the after effects of losing a loved one and, like, of course, you know, uh, she's so not denial. The,
0: so, the, yeah, the grief group. I think that what that scene to me served to do, well, one, it was, it really pulled on your heartstrings, um, especially if you've lost someone that you love. I have, Michelle has, I think we all have. Um, but this is a group of people who have lost their children. And that scene to me served to put a question in your mind and to show Mm -hmm. you like that the husband and the other people surrounding Laura had the same question in their mind about her, which is, is she just going crazy? Mm -hmm. Is the grief just driving her crazy? Um, And she's so desperate for something that she is trying to like create a reality that doesn't exist. Um, and that's where you see some of the other parents, when she starts to talk about this, like I know something happened and it's, there's, she basically doesn't say it, but kind of says it like there's spirits, like there's something supernatural going on. And some of the other parents you see kind of take pity on her. And I think it's genuine from them, but they're basically like, yeah, there was a moment after my daughter died where I saw her sitting on her bed, super calm and in, yeah. at peace. And it, and it, made me feel at peace Mm -hmm. and she's just like no bitch that's not what i'm talking about (laughs) so i think it was to is to sow the seed of is Mm -hmm. she just crazy um it could also be like a metaphor
2: for the grieving process in general because it's like she's kind of in the denial like stage yeah she's in a
0: totally different stage for sure
2: all right so a question for michelle how does this kind of uh stack up against other haunted house ghosty movies i guess for you I guess uh, I'll include the one at the end of the table as well that shall not be named. <laughs> um, but how does this stack up for like? Uh, did you enjoy some of the fairy tale elements? And we're gonna get there in the ending. But uh, did you enjoy some of that stuff? Like, no, it, I definitely, in the
3: I definitely enjoyed the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Again, like it, it wasn't like a, a scary haunting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, there's some creepy parts, but nothing like. Oh, these are bad ghost or they're out to harm her or like you had anything to be afraid of
0: yeah i never got a sense there could be a demon
3: right
2: is that the latino or the latina i don't know (laughs) how to say it is that that inspiration coming in and these two experiencing that because like they just said the ghosts aren't all bad where if you see american movies it's like uh you fear the creatures you fear the monsters kind of stuff but i don't know
1: I mean, I'll say this. If this was a Mexican movie, if mm-hmm. Laura was a Mexican woman, like, hell no. She would have been got out of that house a long time ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mexican people are so superstitious. Like, absolutely not. They don't fuck with that. Like, not at all. See, um,
2: Yeah. And like, uh, but they at the same time, like, uh, I, I know, like, I read an interview with Guillermo del Toro and like, Growing up with my dad, uh, he used to tell us all these stories about how, like, you know, our loved ones still kind of hang out after they die and stuff like that. So I I think, like, um, this movie kind of portrays that in the way of, like, all these kids are still... Like, you know, they're not bad ghosts, per se.
0: Yeah, but, but you uh, don't know that for a while.
1: Yeah, um, yeah the, I mean, Tomas ent- himself is pretty fucking creepy. Yeah. Like, you don't know what he wants, exactly, until right. you get those pieces yeah. that tell his story. Exactly, right. and the entities...
0: Are very unknown until she gets that information about Benina and finds their bones in that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like stove thing. She, they could very well be malicious, and she she's not sure if her kid's alive or not. She thinks he could be. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's a until the end they could have been bad, mm-hmm. but you find out they weren't.
1: So I think, kind of, like, playing on what you're talking about with uh you know where our loved ones go and that kind of stuff and i mean we can talk about this more at the ending too but like i think it plays a lot with the idea of classic religion and especially since um you know european countries specifically like spain are so um rooted in classic catholicism like it's that idea of the afterlife but they're also toying with it a little bit it's not as easy as like all oh, these they're kids so they went to heaven it's like well, like you don't know where exactly on what plane they're at, and they're still here, and like they they suffered, and but then she's reunited with them at the end. Like it kind of toys in between that line of like the classic religious heaven and hell, and like some sort of supernatural, you know, yeah. afterlife.
0: I mean, these kids were kind of waiting for their heaven, really. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: um, yeah and which is kind of at- cruel, honestly. <laughs> since <laughs> but since anyway. we're at it, we can we can go ahead and open the floodgates on the ending. By All the right.
0: way. <laughs> um, all right, so here's the big twist for the listeners who may have forgotten or haven't watched it. When Laura's in the house on her own and she, the kids are le- the kid ghosts are leading her around this treasure hunt to find her son. She finds this kind of hidden room within a closet that's full of these like construction uh support they're like posts they're big, they're, that, yeah, they're big metal poles that yeah they're big metal poles are super heavy they're they're meant to hold up like if there's a load-bearing wall that you need to kind of really like yeah, replace that's or something what they look like. yeah so they're like that so they're super heavy and she finds that door opens it up goes down and she finds that it's Tomas's little layer that they created because they hid him away. Which is terrifying. <clears throat> and she... <laughs> she sees Simone. She's still in ghost world right now in mm-hmm. the way she's seeing things. Um, and she sees Simone. Simone's talking to her. She picks him up and cradles him. And she is just like, we're gonna... Close your eyes tight. We're gonna... We're gonna I'm gonna get you out of here. I'm gonna get you out of here. Whatever, whatever. Uh, and she opens her eyes and she's not in ghost world anymore and the blanket that she was holding her son in is just a blanket. Um, I thought he was going to end up being like a bag of bones, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't. Uh, she looks around and sees his uh, his kind of strangely preserved body. Maybe it was really cold down there or something, but it's been like nine months and he's not broken down. Um, but he's somehow mummified down there. Mm -hmm. Um, And she, everything starts clicking because he's laying down as if he fell off the stairs and broke his neck, which is what happened. Um, So she has all these flashes of realizing he was in Tomas' house that he was trying to show her that day of that party, that she didn't listen to him and didn't go with him. And she didn't know that that little entrance existed. And those big, heavy posts had fallen out of the closet. And she had put them back just thinking oh he's not in there and moved on She was like frantically searching and, and what what she actually there. realizes is it's her fault that her son died down there alone and scared she, because she's the one who accidentally trapped him in there and she like she had heard people like someone knocking on the walls like you know in the middle of the night and then this big crash and she realizes that was tomas trying to get out and falling to his death and he had been there the whole time and she doesn't want to live anymore. As a parent, I wouldn't either. I couldn't live with that. Um, and she has a bunch of pills because she again she's sick with something. and I don't know what. Uh, maybe I just missed that too. I don't. know. <laughs> maybe. I, don't,
1: I, didn't catch I don't know that, that they mentioned that. Yeah, I yeah. don't. I didn't catch that either. The
0: medium mentions like you're sick like me because the medium's also got something going on in her arm. That she's, yeah, I, and I, that's I when
1: that was just like that's when she mentions to her um, those who are closer to death communicate more clearly with the dead yeah. and that's when Laura's kind of like are you saying that simone could see these kids because he was close to death and right. that was an interesting interaction and
0: and that's kind of what made me makes me think like all right she she's got something going on she has all these pills on her or, why else would she and she cradles his body she goes up to the kid's bedroom takes a bunch of pills dies and then wakes up and this like, and all of a sudden the light is sunny. <laughs> oh, the fun. light is sunny. The colors are bright, and she's <laughs> in, like, Neverland heaven. You know, right? Um, there's this whole Peter Pan story line that they work in, and they bookend the film pretty cute with it. But yeah, she, and that's the, and it was from there the ending I kind of told you about. But that's the big twist, and it got me. It was devastating.
2: One one of the my favorite things is to uh, watch the movie and like listen to all or read in this in this case all of simon's uh dialogue which is always like mommy can i wake up Mm -hmm. and he he says uh what's the exact quote that he won't live to be old or Mm -hmm. he'll die young Mm -hmm. and mommy will you come with me when i go or something like that and i was like oh my god (laughs) michelle what did you think about that ending
3: i i'm not gonna lie i kind of dozed off
2: uh oh. I think it was all Michelle. the reading. I think it was all the reading. And like my brain, <laughs> oh my was like, oh my god, it
3: has to shut down. This is too much. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I missed some of the key parts. Um mm-hmm. but I do I like you said, it's like a feel good, like oh, like Did okay. you like the
1: way it ended? I do. What about you, Ari? Did you like the way it ended? So um yeah i I think it was interesting the way it ended i also really what stuck out to me when she found her son is when she's still kind of in that delusion or like with the kids Mm -hmm. um when she's talking to simone she's saying all these really like beautiful things to him think about how when you become this old and you're gonna go to school think about what you're gonna be when you grow up think about this like she's giving him all these things to hope and it's just, like, gut-wrenching because, I mean, I, I knew because I'd already seen the movie, but it, mm-hmm. it just adds that extra layer being like, oh, he's not there anymore, you know? Like, yeah. she's trying to give him hope, and he's not there, and, like, it's it's just a sad, like, it, like, it's like an, oh, shit. Like, yeah, and I think, I
0: think Laura is the only person, like, even if you include yourself as a viewer, she's the only person who believes that Simone in her arms in that moment is alive. Right. yeah mm-hmm. like you yeah. know as the viewer he did yeah and um that's what's so tragic about kind of hearing her say all those things you're right um what about you Trav? did you like how it ended like with the the, the sort of heaven afterlife See,
2: even with that though i still take that as dark because it's like at the end of the day she she did kill her son and then kill herself <laughs> like that is the facts you know what i'm saying like right. i tend i tend to like it's just it's just it's fucking tragic, man. Like, it has
1: the classic elements of a Greek tragedy. Yeah, it's it's the sad like realization of oh I've done this awful thing. How can I go on? And then it ends like you know, that's a classic trope in like ancient ancient storytelling. Yeah, you know? but picture this: you you think like the way it
0: ended is tragic, mm-hmm. and it's tragic, but the way it truly ended is they wake up in heaven together, and they're they're at peace, and they're going to live in this little fairy fairy tale kind of Mm -hmm. that they'd always kind of imagined i guess or i guess they moaned
3: yeah i mean they just wanted to both of them just wanted to be together so that's
0: a quite a sunny ending to me (laughs) considering what happened what if they had ended it and i think this would have been much more brutal personally if it ended with her taking those pills Dying, holding her dead son in her arms, of that bitch.
2: But she expected, <laughs> like she expected, her and her son to be together forever. So Take the knows, atheist
0: view of this ending, where there is no afterlife. Yeah, that's
2: that's what she, that's, that's what she did, though, when yeah. she committed suicide. She has belief. You go, well, that's <laughs> technically she
0: has faith in in something in an afterlife. Maybe if, she's just think about how brutal that this story is if you don't believe in that.
2: Maybe she's seeing what she wants to see, is what I'm saying. Like, well, if she's
0: brain dead, she ain't seen anything. So you have, <laughs> so you have to, like, you have to buy into that. There's this afterlife. I think that's why right. they did it because I don't think the Catholic audiences of Spain would have been any. They wouldn't be fucking happy. Oh no, not at all. They <laughs> if, definitely it,
1: had to add that as some sort of like religious buffer, even though it is a, a dark movie at its core mm-hmm. um, about oh, yeah. kids dying and you know suicide and all other stuff like once you add that element of oh but they're reunited in heaven then everybody's kind of like oh see that's fine
0: yeah it softens the blow if if nothing else right
2: and i go with that happy ending because it's like like you said it's her to take care of the little monsters not to use (laughs) monsters in a you know derogatory (laughs) sense but it's like someone has to take care of these kids like she can now so Mm -hmm. that's like the that's my good ending so yeah, no, it's a it's a powerful movie. Um, do we want to go around and give one of our favorite scenes of the movie, and then we'll give our final thoughts? So Michelle, we'll start with you.
3: You guys <laughs> are gonna think I'm crazy. Uh, it's it's... It's gotta be the bus scene. Oh my god. I literally, I literally laughed for like five minutes as hard as I could. And then (laughs) the shock when they showed her face.
1: That was
2: gory as fuck, too. No, okay. When
1: she was hit by the bus, (laughs) that was fucking hilarious. When they showed her, I was unprepared.
2: It kind of like wakes you up a little bit, kind of thing. It did. It does
1: because going back to that whole, like, the whole movie's dull looking yeah. like it's very monotone and very like you know devoid of color and like I, and life really so that i was just kind of like oh my god wow that's not what a face looks like
0: yeah so they i, I kind of glossed over that scene i'll fill in some details for anyone who may have forgotten No. It's... and i want i want to put something to you guys that <laughs> so i'm not sure if you noticed in that scene so obviously you know they spot Benina on the street and they get out and they yell for her. Benina turns her head right. and a bus fucking takes her out. <laughs> <laughs> and the the husband is a doctor. He gets out and you don't see her. What You don't see what's going on with her. But you see the husband try to do mouth to mouth. Which I already knew. Mouth, oh I already knew exactly. He comes <laughs> up with blood mouth? on his mouth, and you're like, "Oh shit, she's wrecked pretty bad." And then they, she, her, <laughs> she, they she, pan
1: over yeah, so to she, her she, fucking you, face. Yes. And there's nothing there. I'm like, "What was he blowing into? Why was he doing? <laughs> Literally, like, what was he blowing into? I need <laughs> to know."
2: <laughs> my favorite, my favorite line was one of the crowd, like onlookers, was like, "He destroyed her." Yeah. I was like, "Holy shit, yeah. man! So <laughs> How insensitive!" Right? It's like, Jesus Christ. But
0: I mean, that is one of the very few, I think, jump scares you get. So, you, mm-hmm. and and I think all the jump scares involve Benina. So, there's a jump scare of Benina in the shed when mm-hmm. you turn around and she's there, and you're like, "Oh shit!" And she looks creepy as mm-hmm. hell with those glasses, anyway. And then the the jump scare of the I guess the the bus, and then when she grabs like her Oh, when she yeah. grabs her, yeah, she grabs um, Laura's hand, mm-hmm. uh, and it's and she's pushing a doll in a carriage. <laughs> yeah, yeah <it's> very <laughs> weird. Dude, she, that you know what? Up. She gotta
1: go. Yeah. <laughs> she she gotta go. She she extra creepy. She yeah. Go. I
0: mean, Benina killed five. Was it five or six? Five kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Five kids so. in Sound a fit like of that. grief and rage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I would. Those I would kids beg didn't. To wonder if, those if kids those were the didn't, only
1: kids she killed, to be quite oh, honest. Yeah.
0: Um, those kids didn't think they didn't have like premeditate this. Like that's not what they thought would happen. Right. That he would die in that cave, you know. And that just shows you. I kind of gets it. Gets at this deeper theme. I think that's also in this film. Um, that like victimized children's already pretty tragic, right? When they're victimized by someone else, like. But it's worse when it's someone that's close to them and that they trust.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. like, Benina was their caretaker at the orphanage. They trusted her. And she betrayed them and she hurt them and she killed them. Like, that's fucking sad. On top of that, you've got the same thing happening, but on an, in an accidental way with the mom and Simone. Like, she accidentally killed her son and he died scared and alone. Mm.
2: Yeah. What and, a monster!
0: And you don't know how long he was down there before he actually snapped his neck. Like he could have been down there suffering. Maybe he starving. snapped his own
2: neck. You know, just laying <laughs> no, there, he was kind of immobile. No.
0: But anyway, like there's that is the most horrifying thing right. to me when kids are victimized by, you know, accidental or not, by someone that they trust and who's close to them. It's very rough.
2: <laughs> Ari, let's get your final scene of the movie. And then we'll go ahead and start the ratings out of five.
1: Um, I really enjoyed, I mean, as a whole, I enjoyed a lot of the imagery that they used. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked how in the scene when she was chasing after Simone on the beach and she's looking at the cave that he had disappeared into and her husband's behind her. There's like, I don't know if it's her husband or what it is, but there's something... There's something blocking uh, her point of view. And every time it shifts, he's there and then he's not there. And he's there and then he's not there. Mm -hmm. And then when her husband finally catches up to her, he's gone again.
2: Oh, yeah. And
1: she's like, no, he's there. He's there. Like, I see him. And I don't know. I just I think that there's a lot of cool, um, a lot of cool, subtle things just all throughout. Um, And then, like, one more thing at the end. um, I think her husband's a dick. I think you can kick rocks. <laughs> um and when at the end he found the uh um the medallion that he had given her and he like looked up and smiled. I was like, dude, fuck you. You didn't believe her the whole time. I was like, no, absolutely he, not. He's like, like,
2: She's really dead. I can sir. go get that mistress and move her in the house. <laughs> uh, no, he looked
1: on like he was proud of her in some way or some shit like that. And I was like, dude, you literally did not believe her the whole time. You right. kept telling her she was crazy and like trying to write her off as is- Ridiculous! Like no, fuck you. I don't know if I share that
0: sentiment. I think I was frustrated with him a lot, um but I think I probably would have been that person that's that was skeptical if my spouse was like, "We need to do a ghost hunt to find our kid." <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not... you're like way off the pills, but <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'd be pretty skeptical, and I think I would be concerned about like the deterioration of my spouse watching them suffer and watching them go down this path where like, she's not taking care of herself. You see her almost passing out as she's like putting all the beds together and everything Mm -hmm. and going, finding these berries. Like she's neglecting her own health going down this path. And I think he saw it and he thought that maybe saying like, okay, putting my foot down, I'm leaving would be enough for her to be like, okay. But I don't think he, he he definitely underestimated her faith and belief. And he underestimated all the supernatural how far how, again yeah. this is something the medium says how far she was willing to go for her son you know um and i think it's kind of a nice arc that they showed you that he came around too late of course to come around but he did come around um and that i think he gets he sees glimpses of his wife in the in the home
1: um at times so do so
2: we get a rating out of five from you miss ari
1: um yes But also one more thing that uh, (laughs) producer Kate reminded me of when you were talking about her putting together everything and trying to restore the orphanage back to when she was a kid. That was another really powerful scene, Um, especially when she's at the end of the table. She's got all the creepy ass dolls lined up of all of her previous friends. Mm -hmm. She's got like all the food that they used to have. And then she finally like, you know, she's trying to talk to them and she's just screaming, like, what more do you want from me? Like, what more can I do? And she's so invested in it. And then she plays that game and that's what draws the yeah. kids out that was, i was that waiting was... the
0: whole time for that game to make yeah. a reappearance so they start the movie with mm-hmm, the kids mm-hmm. playing this creepy fucking game <laughs> every,
1: like, <laughs> what do they say uno dos tres toca la pared so yeah, one two <laughs> knock three on the tree. knock on the yeah. door yeah
0: yeah so they one two three knock on the tree when they're all little and it's that game you play i forget what it's called but um there's so many different names like every country has its, its like, own it's version like, it's like red light green kind red, light, kinda. Green light like... we
2: played cops and robbers all right. anyway <laughs> where you
0: the person who's it like is facing away and you knock and then when you as long as your back is turned the kids behind you can mm-hmm. move closer to you uh and the whole goal is like one of the kids gets to tag you and then you're in you run around and it's chaos like and it's fun for kids i was like they're gonna bring that shit back in the oh, most creepy yeah. way possible yeah. oh, and yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah um because she's doing it in the house knock on the door
1: wall or whatever trying to get the ghost out yeah.
0: and then you start to see the little ghost kids <laughs> getting closer and closer but I to think her t- once
1: they got close to her like Chills. then he touched her and that's when you kind of realize like she's not necessarily in the same physical world she was before because they're not just ghost kids like they're there with her and yeah. then from then on that's when she like she stays in that world i'm pretty sure until she finds simone and then she snaps out of it
0: yeah that tag is what sets in motion them leading
1: her to simonia interesting so what would what did you rate it um from somebody who doesn't like scary movies Uh i would probably say like a four and a half all right
2: solid strong rating michelle michelle What would you rate it out of five?
3: As a scary movie, she's going to rate it low. Uh It's low. Not enough blood. (laughs) It's low. But as a movie in general, yeah, about four and a half. Like It was a good movie.
2: All right. Would you
0: Yep. I am pretty in line with you you gals. Uh, I gave it a four out of five just because I don't think it's super rewatchable. You can't get the same. That's not true. Okay. It's rewatchable, but... There's something about the first watch, that twist that you cannot recreate when you watch it again. Um, There's no way you're ever going to forget it. So to me, it's just not quite to that five out of five for me. I don't think I'm going to pick it up and watch it a lot because it's so sad and tragic. Um, And as a mom, like, I don't think I could. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how many times I can watch that without getting depressed. So (laughs) uh, four out of five for me. Super strong, super strong film. I'm really glad I've seen it.
2: Yeah, I would go four out of five. Got, super gothic fairy tale mm-hmm. with a fucked up ending. I don't care what producer Kate says. Uh, <laughs> I this said is, it's tragic. <laughs> this is a ghost movie and, or a haunting movie done right. Uh, we get too many nowadays of the uh, quick jump scares. Cheap. and mm-hmm. The movie that builds no sympathy for the characters in the movie. And I think you're invested in these characters, doesn't rely on cheap thrills, so four out of five for me uh, on The Orphanage. Uh, ladies, I want to thank you so much for joining us on this action-packed episode <laughs> of Horrifying My Friends. <laughs> uh, you will both return, I promise. Uh, Producer Kate, thank you for joining us as always. Yeah, glad to be could... back. Oh yeah, back in the studio. Um, this was the first time I was a little nervous, man. I haven't, I haven't, uh, We've been Better doing Zoom this, and shit
1: been around this many strong-willed women oh please <laughs> uh, oh,
2: please um so as always you can find us on instagram and facebook at horrifying my friends and on twitter at horrifying mf uh, hit me a line at capped creature on twitter and at Travis on facebook throw me a line tell me your favorite haunted house movie or ghosty movie or creepy kid movie Whatever. What is your opinion on the orphanage? Uh, take me to task for mine. Please, I dare you. <laughs> uh, as always, have a good week. Bye. Purify me, my friends.